0: Last week on the podcast, I mentioned that one of the causes, I believe, for why the younger generations are so depressed and anxious is because of a lack of hardship, because of a lack of dealing with the pain of life. And that's sort of a view from the outside, but today I want to talk about the view from the inside and why the generation might be in the place it's in. It all comes down to the breakdown of the family. In the 80s, there's a stereotype in movies and TV shows of the teenager who comes down and flips off his dad and says, F you, dad, and it's some stand against normality, a stand against the white picket fence and normal life. However, that teenager today wouldn't say, F you, dad. That teenager today would say, I wish I knew my dad. The impulses that the teenager gave into in a previous generation are now being given into by the parents. We have an entire generation with no stability no structure, no guidance. When the family is intact, parenting is essentially a guided exposure to danger. That when it's done well, parenting is essentially being guided through from childhood to adolescence to adulthood, the ever increasing danger and responsibility that comes with being a human. Today's generation is trying to wade through the dangerous water of what it means to be an adult, of what it means to deal with the fear and suffering, and anxiety that comes with life, but they have no guidance, they have no role model, and as a result, they turn their back to the waves, and when things are good, they create a bubble of safety around themselves to try to keep things good, but because their back is turned to the waves, because their back is turned to the dangers of what it means to be a human... Every once in a while, a giant wave comes along and knocks them on the ground. They're stuck in a cycle of denial and trauma. Things that wouldn't have to traumatize them do. Because they have no competence, because they had no guidance. No one showed them how to deal with losing. No one showed them how to deal with suffering. No one guided them through the ever-escalating responsibility of what it means to be a human. And as a result, when something comes along that knocks them to the ocean floor, and it does for all of us, when someone passes away, when you don't get the job, when you don't get accepted to the college, when you go through a severe heartbreak, when the girl doesn't like you back, all the things that come with life, there's no context for it. There's no understanding of what to do next. There's no understanding of how to get back up. And so... In their deep, deep pain, they create a safety bubble around themselves. This is the driving heart of the social justice movement. This is the driving heart of why young people are so friendly with communism. Because as they have given away, as we as a society have given away the responsibility that comes with individualism, we open up a window for some very power-hungry people to tell us everything will be okay. And we are so unsure that we know how to make things okay for our own life, that we are deeply open to this possibility. This generation is stuck in a cycle of denial and trauma. The problem with safety culture is that it doesn't change the inherent suffering that comes with existence. All it does is make us less prepared for it. We all suffer. We all go through deeply painful experiences and that is why it is vital that we prepare for them. Life is best changed from the inside out, that as each of us change our internal corruption, that that is the best way, even though it takes forever, and it takes deep searching and repentance, that the best way to make society better is from the inside out, from inside every heart, out into the world. But that when you can't trust the home, and when the home was not a safe place, and is not a safe place, that your natural next resort is to try to change the world from the outside in. To try to change the grand structures of injustice, and try to make them more fair. But there's one problem. It doesn't deal with the corruption inside every heart. Least of all does it deal with the corruption Inside the people at the top of these movements. It is painfully sad and almost funny to me that young people think politicians who would cover up a war crime to stay in power somehow care about how much their health care costs. As we become weak, we empower certain people to become predatory. Benjamin Franklin said Democracy is two wolves and a lamb deciding what's for dinner, but liberty is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. The left is predatory on our kindness. They weaponize our kindness. They pretend to celebrate that we have the first African-American vice president. They pretend to care. They give us tokens. They play with our morality. They take the things that make us feel like a good person, and they use them as a tool. And they hope that as they do that, we won't notice what they're doing in the background. If there's any grand-scale ignorance I can see right now, it's that people who are not themselves power-hungry do not conceive that others are. Because your average left-wing voter is not deeply power-hungry, because they are mostly well-intentioned, they aren't skeptical enough. They don't really think of these people at the top of these structures and the damage that could be caused. We do live in a generation of people that have not paid the dues for what it means to be even remotely free. That our generation has been both so traumatized at home and both so materially spoiled by the efforts of the people that came before us. That we act like everything good about our society, everything good about modern America, that all of that comes easy. The safety, that comes easy. The fact that people get along, that comes easy. The fact that you can go find a job, that comes easy. The fact that you could start a business, oh, all that comes easy. We just take all of that for granted. And because we're so spoiled, people come along and sell us utopia. And we go, yeah, that sounds good. One unifying principle that simplifies a lot of things is this. Compared to what? When people say, oh, America is such a racist country, okay, compared to what? Capitalism isn't fair, okay, compared to what? What? See, we must live in the world the way it is. We cannot compare America to the utopia in our head. We must compare it to some other place that actually exists. We cannot compare whether capitalism is fair or unfair to the utopia in our head. We must compare it to something else that actually exists. But as our homes have broken down as we no longer trust the bond of a family, that we give that power to someone else, naturally, we are going to give that power to the government. In the book Brave New World, the government did not take the power from the individuals. It never had to. Instead, the society was a society based on hedonism, where every momentary impulse, every sexual desire was immediately gratified And so people no longer thought about freedom, about family, about anything long-term. That the society kept them perpetually satisfied by their lower self. Their momentary animalistic impulses were always rewarded. And as a result, they gave away their dignity. They gave away their purpose. They gave away their freedom. It wasn't taken from them. They gave it. The thing about evil is that it always comes with convenience. From saying, oh, you don't have to pay off your student loans, to saying, oh, you don't have to pay for health care, to saying, oh, everything will be fair, I know how to make everything fair, to selling division in the name of unity. In an excerpt from the piece, when no one knows what freedom is, all is lost, they make this clarification, that there are two types of freedom, negative freedoms and positive freedoms. The first type is a negative freedom. When thinking of freedom, most people think of negative freedom. It means the absence of coercion. By this freedom, no one stops us from doing what we want as long as we don't hurt others by our actions. We enjoy this freedom because the human soul does not function well under coercion. We need space where we can act uninhibited. However, we cannot have a society where total or absolute negative freedom rules. To live together in peace... The second type of freedom is positive freedom. Positive freedom is defined as a set of qualities or conditions needed to achieve important aims. Positive freedom assumes the development of character, of talent, and virtue that allows us to overcome obstacles so that we might be free to pursue higher goals. So this idea, the idea of positive and negative freedom, that negative freedom is just a lack of people controlling you, but that positive freedom is a freedom from your impulses, It's a freedom from your addictions. It's a self-control. Scripture says, We are slave to anything that has mastered us. That as we give in to our vices, as we give in to our impulses, that we become slave to those things. Freedom is only a means, not an end. It only works when people have a sense of right and wrong. It has meaning when we follow the first and most basic principle of the natural law, which is written on the hearts of each of us do good and avoid evil. Freedom involves moral acts and therefore presupposes natural law and divine assistance. If we ignore this aspect, we will be delivered to our obsessions and our manias. As Edmund Burke noted, men of intemperate minds can never be free. Very powerful people are removing things of the past that cause some pain, and we don't stop them. Because we can't handle any pain, because we aren't strong, and we aren't strong because we had no guidance, we had no role models, we had no one there to teach us how to deal with failure, to teach us how to deal with love, with hate, with loss, to teach us how to deal with the suffering that is inherent to existence, and so as a result some very power-hungry people, sell us on the idea of utopia, that if you just vote for me, if you just vote for me, everything will be fair and everyone will be safe. And I will control all of you, but hey, at least you'll be equal. And because we are so moldable, because we have so little individual strength, we are open to them. We give them the power. Adrian Rogers says, Righteousness is responsibility assumed. The problem with the culture of safety is that it doesn't change the inherent suffering of existence. All it does is make us less prepared for it.